I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. We have such sights to show you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Check out the big brain on bread. I guess I was probably returning videotapes. I am big. It's the picture that got small. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Roulette Tuesday podcast. This is Matt. This is Rachel. This is Carl. And it's my pick this week. And if you, <laughs> you want to talk about seat of the pants, uh, I, I come to this episode less than prepared. Half-assed. Normally, I usually do my due diligence and pick out my movies with care and write up some notes sometimes yeah. so that yeah. I have things to talk about, so that I can organize my thoughts, because I'm terrible at doing that on the fly. comes out in a jumbled mess, so get ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> jumbled mess episode of the podcast. Because it's just, life gets busy, you know? That's right. Stuff's going on. I didn't have a chance to edit last week's episode yet, even, you know? <gasps> what? And you have a system. Things come up. I a do. A patented system. I have a system. I have a... I have a a schedule <laughs> that I do. That you're not adhering to? No, not at all. Everything is just all willy-nilly. Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus! Malarkey. I love, I love that word. Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus, your quad. So yeah, this is a very off-the-cuff, seat-of-the-pants wow. episode. So I, but I did go through my list, and I had more options available than I thought. Mm. Ultimately... At the end of it, going through carefully, scrutinizing mm, each and every one. That's not what you're telling me happened. No, I didn't. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch this for a little while, and the movie that we're going to watch this week is called White Noise. 2022's White Noise. Yes, not the Michael Keaton White Noise. It is the 2022 White Noise, based on uh, the book by Don DeLillo. Um, which I actually read, and that's what made me pick this movie. When I, did you read this book? Uh, so, I think it was about six or seven years ago, probably. Okay. Something like that. No, were, were you Maybe a fan a of the less. author, the premise? No, what so brought you to that I'm a big, I'm a big uh, fan of the author David Foster Wallace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've read Infinite Jest. I'm on my second reading of it now. Uh, I own all of his other books. I've, I've read them all. And he is a postmodernist author. And I'm not going to get into the BS around what that means. <laughs> because I don't really fully understand every how to describe postmodernism. And every time I hear that word it, word, it makes me cringe. It's kind of pretentious. I don't like postmodernism. There's... All right. Wait. If you're able to... You must be able to quantify it then. If well, you're I... saying that you dislike it, what is it to you? My understanding, and I'm probably wrong, but who gives a shit, of postmodernism is it basically takes all the ideas and philosophies and thoughts of the modern era, but that means like the Enlightenment, like from the 17th century to the 19th century, and just blows it up. It's like things don't have meaning. What you thought was a, a central truth isn't. You know, up is down, black is white, all these things that you thought were elemental to society maybe aren't. And I just so reject that entire hypothesis. I don't 
agree with that at all. Okay. Having read all of Foster Wallace's stuff, he's he just has a certain writing style that you can tell that it's him writing it, and well, he's like, slotted into the postmodern. Yeah, and you yeah, liked the I things like that what I suggested. He writes, but I, I mean, if you look at the definition of postmodern, I, I, I get it. But and there, there's a wide spectrum, whatever, of interpretation around what that means, which is why I didn't sure. really want to talk about it in the first right, place. Fine. But having read through all of his stuff already, I wanted to find other postmodern authors to see if I liked other works. Yeah. And in general, I, I, I don't. <laughs> um, the other works that I've read, uh, I'm not going to list them off right now, but... Um, they're interesting, they're intriguing, but they're ultimately not satisfying. White Noise, the book, when I read it, falls under that umbrella. It's not satisfying? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't come away from that being like, I want to recommend this book to somebody. I, I want someone else to, to, you know, enjoy this. Yeah. Um, I didn't dislike it, but, you know, when you read a book and you finish that last page and you're just like, huh. Yeah. And then you put it away. Like ambivalent? Yeah. Yeah. But you weren't like, you didn't love it, but you weren't made angry or you weren't like, you know, sometimes you finish a book and you're like, ugh. Yeah. No, I, it wasn't, it like, wasn't that. like that at all. It just wasn't, maybe I had higher hopes for it mm, and okay. it didn't meet my expectations. But what intrigued me about it was that I can't imagine how it would have been distilled into a film. Oh. Didn't have a traditional narrative? No, it no, doesn't. It's postmodernist, Carl. So, no. <laughs> it rejects that. Like, all right. You go on IMDb and you look this movie up, right? And first of all, it doesn't even have like a proper plot summary. Oh, Jesus. If you look, it says, White Noise dramatizes a contemporary American family's attempt or attempts to deal with the mundane conflicts of everyday life while grappling with the universal mysteries of love, death, and the possibility of happiness in an uncertain world. Okay. So that, to me, doesn't describe anything about the story. It's just... It's not going to be about one specific thing. You are exploring life and other concepts through the vehicle of this family. Yeah, it's nothing's going to be linear. No. Well, linear plot. so the, the, the book... And I believe the film is broken up into into three separate main parts. Um, and uh, if I look on Wikipedia, because I don't remember, and Wikipedia, all, and, and if you if you always look, right. always right. Well, I mean, it's a it's a book. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I did read this. I did have the time to do that. Okay. Um, because I wanted to ref- I wanted to refresh my memory on this. So the first thing I did was try to go find my copy of the book. And then I realized, after not finding it, that I gave it away. That's a ringing endorsement <clears throat> right there, too. <laughs> yeah. So strike one against me, I guess. Um, I don't want that. Strike two is... You, now, wait. You go the, to the, wait, wait, to the wait. Wikipedia In page. In the context of that, wait. I can't even read the plot. We'd be here for 45 minutes. I believe that. But I just want to go back because we don't really normally give away books. We have a lot of books here in this house. We have like an entire wall of books. We have books in Tupperware, in the attic. We have books in each child's room. Like there are books everywhere. So if we give away a book. We needed to clean out our bookshelf because it was it was over full. It was, it was like, like three, three layers, layers deep. deep. You, you still have all of those L. Ron Hubbard books. 
I sold those. Oh, I did not. you sell them? I sold them. Okay. I, need, I, I was going to say, if you still have those. They went from whence they came. I found them on eBay. They went back on eBay. Wow. Full circle. Did you turn a profit on them? No. Oh, right. damn. No. That would be great. I don't think I made out too bad, though. But anyway, yeah, it's it's rare that we get rid of books unless we like need space for things. Or they're just and not that. And we went good. through the bookshelf, and that that was one I I remember grabbing, being like, ah, like no, no one's gonna want <laughs> okay. this. Okay, fair enough. But maybe it'll end up being a good movie. Like if you take out all the fluff, if you take this book, which wasn't super, it was like over a little over three hundred pages. Um, and you turn it into a movie that's roughly two hours long. Um, well, maybe it'll just hit all the high notes. Usually, <laughs> book translations to movies usually go downhill. There's a few exceptions, but I agree with that. Usually, it's you know it's lesser. You don't get the full effect or the full benefit or the full Jaws is one where the movie's better than the book. Lord of the Rings. Although the book does... The book has, like, mafia. A whole mafia subplot. It does, and there's more stuff with the wife. I've never read Benchley? Benchley. Peter Benchley. Good book. It is good. But the movie, like, the movie's all you need. The movie's a classic. But I would never say don't read the book. The book's fine. Um, Lord of the Rings, I've read all the books multiple times. The movies are better. There's no Tom Bombadil in the movie. That's true. <laughs> Good old Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. And I would just, I'd, I'd rather watch the movie. Yeah. So, because, you know, I read these books growing up, and then I read them out loud. Yeah, we to, read them to our... To our children. Yeah. Um, so, I'm done with them. <laughs> I've, I've had enough. There's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot in there. Of that trilogy. So, watching the movie's kind of nice. Uh, the movie itself... There's some names that I recognize that are in it. Adam Driver, he's the Star Wars guy. Kylo Ren himself. I'm That's not right. a big fan. Don Cheadle. I like Don Cheadle. Oh, he's, he's in this? He is. What is he, like 80 now? Uh, not in the picture that I'm oh, looking well, at. Oh, well, that's, you know. It could be an old picture. And I get Greta Gerwig is also top billed, too. I have no idea who that is. She's in other things. Yeah, she's an actress. She's well, she also she directed the Barbie movie. She directed uh, the Barbie she movie? She directed it, and Noah Baumbach, who wrote, who wrote directed this, this too. co-wrote it, I believe. They've worked together on a They work together on No. No. They do work together. He's worked a lot with her. He's also up. worked a lot with Wes Anderson. Okay. Does anyone here actually want to see the Barbie movie? I want to see the Barbie movie. Carl I, didn't say no yet. I, I wouldn't see it in theaters, but no. I'm curious about it. What? There's been right. so much. I can flat out say I have zero interest. Well, I don't in think you're a Barbie it. girl. I don't think Carl's a Barbie girl either. Like, but, but what? <laughs> no. <laughs> but where I does like, the interest so, at all come? He wants from? to look at Margot Robbie. So do I. Sometimes, I brought Wolf of Wall Street. Sometimes I, I, I like to see what the fuss is about. That's what I want to see. I will I, pay for it. Yeah. But like, if it's streaming on something, I'll watch it. I value my time more than that. (laughs) I I can't do it. I feel like no Barbie movie, no matter what, no matter what the hype is or whatever, is ever going to live up to my childhood love of Barbie, because I love Barbie. But I still want to see. I still want to see. I love Barbie. I mean, I loved Oppenheimer, but... Barbenheimer? No. (laughs) Enough of that. No, I like it. That's some movie executives' way to get people to buy two tickets instead That's right. of one. That's right. It's true. Successful. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, 
I'm very interested to see what happens <laughs> with this film. Yeah. Danny Elfman did the score. Whoa! Did he really? Yeah. That's well, a that's a plus. That's a check in the right category. Is it going to be enough? I don't. I don't feel good about this movie. I mean, the themes that the book, anyway, touches on are like death, academia, consumer culture, childhood, religion. There's a lot of other cultural references. So, I don't know. The The trailer makes it look like it has a Wes Anderson kind of feel okay. to it, maybe a little bit. Maybe that kind of quirky uh, thing. And didn't, Carl, didn't you say that... Uh, the director had something to do no, with... The, no, the writer. Well, or the, the, no, the guy who wrote and directed yeah, it's White Noise, co-wrote Life Aquatic with right, Steve right, Zissou right. and, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. yeah. So, hopefully that's not too far off. Um, one interesting tidbit is that the book, the author originally wanted to name the book Panasonic. Uh, and... Panasonic Corporation ultimately said, uh, no, no, you can't. So we ended up changing it to White Noise, which is funny because there's a band named Panasonic, which also had uh, copyright issues with the brand Panasonic Corporation. But they seem to have won out. No, they didn't. They actually oh. had to change their name to Pansonic. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay. They that's did. right. I like White Noise. I, that's a good name. Yeah, and if I remember the story correctly, it kind of is appropriate. Well, we'll see. Well, maybe okay. we'll, we'll we'll circle back to that. After well, how many noises see. are there? There's like white noise. There's pink noise. There's mm -hmm. well, there's infinite amounts of noise. Yeah, but it's just does certain... come on, feel the noise. No, <laughs> no. There, there's certain there's not default like um, uh, what do I want to call it? Like signal generation type baseline noises. Yeah. What? How many are there's there? White and pink and. Gray, like, gray noise? Uh, Is there maybe, black noise? I don't know. Sounds like metal. You're putting me on the spot. Sorry. Here. Now just, we have to look it up. You know, white noise used to be the thing, and then it was pink noise. Yeah. I pink, feel like blue, pink. gray, and brown. Yeah. Brown. I thought that was a joke. Yeah. Well, white, <laughs> pink, red, or which red. is brownian, purple, brown. and gray. There is a gray. Oh. <clears throat> so pink noise, or it's also called fractal noise. Okay. Um... That's supposed to be the best. Is a signal or process with a frequency spectrum such that the power spectral density is inversely proportional to the frequency of the signal. I don't so know. you could you can play. I can't explain what they mean, but yeah. if you played them, I can tell the difference between them. I believe that pink noise is uh, considered ideal for sleep. I think it's ideal for humans. Human sleep, sure. Yeah. See, I have a white noise machine. That I have to have on when I go to sleep. You, and you like it? I love it. You enjoy I it. I can't sleep without you, it. I can't, should... I can't sleep in silence. How about a fan? Yeah. Do you believe that a fan will kill you if you're asleep? What? No. What? You've never heard that? No. A that's... fan will kill you? That's like what a grandma says. Like a fan and a cat. No, no. They'll no, kill you. Not just a grandma. Um, It'll take your breath away. No, like this a is a real thing. Fan death is a real thing. It's a misconception supposedly it came from Korea, South Korea, and Japan. Okay. Fan death is a misconception that people have died as a result of running an electric fan in a closed room with no open windows. The origins supposedly came about in the 20s and 30s. Um, there was, people were saying it was a, there was a risk of nausea and asphyxiation and stuff because maybe you're blowing carbon dioxide around, your exhalations, and they're not... The air in the room is oh being cycled. This was a real thing. People I feel really vaguely like it. This would make a great like band name or an album. Fan death. I guarantee you, there's a band name. Oh Fan man. Death, or an album from a band name. Fan death. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. 
fan death. I vaguely, that, but that's like the cat. The cat taking a baby's breath away. The fan's going to take your breath away while you sleep. Yeah, it's BS. It's not true, right, but it's a yeah. thing. Like, people believed it. Fan death. No, I I like to sleep with a fan. Isn't a fan a form of white noise? Of course yeah. it is, yeah. Or is it pink noise? Or is it fan noise? It's fan noise. <laughs> well, I have, so I've got a white noise machine yeah. that I'll travel with. Oh. If I, there have been a few times that I've forgotten it, and uh-huh. I've got an app on my phone. And the app gives you an option. So they're like, here are three different fans. Wow. Do you like rain? Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, know, like or, different, or like a babbling, sounds babbling or, brook or something. Right. And it's weird. Sometimes the high-end white noise generators, you can't even tell that they're there but until they get turned off. Like a lot of, I know um, certain psychologists will use them yes. outside of their uh, patient room doors. So that if you're waiting outside, you can't necessarily you can't hear. hear. Yeah. Uh, when I worked in a government capacity, when I had a security clearance, there were white noise generators everywhere. Interesting. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the building that I'm technically work out of now uh, has white noise generators around to help eliminate like cross chatter, so that you're yeah, not like office disturbed. noise. We have yeah. a white noise machine in our office, but we always turn <clears> it off because it's too loud. Well, wasn't there a situation where like Americans in Cuba or something like that was like a somebody was using sonic. sound to yeah. like make them sick? Oh yeah, like, I mean certain that, frequencies. That's a real thing. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think it's white noise. Though. No, it's that's not, not white noise. noise. I mean, it's black. I, I think it was something with Noriega. Where they used to blast, like, speed metal on high volume. That's, like, torture. No, no, no. Yes, you're right, it is, but that's not what I'm talking about. No. Um, anyway, yes, you can use sound as a weapon, for sure. You can also use, like, certain ambulances. Uh, they'll have certain noise generators on the front directional noise. So, like, if you're in your car, you can't always necessarily hear an overhead siren. But they'll have this, like, sound you can almost feel. Oh. There's... It'll be like a... Like, like a, get out of the way. Like sound, yeah. but you can feel it. It's a different frequency wave, and um, it's pretty cool. Good for those that drive around with their AirPods in. Oh, my their God. Their earbuds in, which you shouldn't do. No, it's illegal. That's dangerous. In case you're curious, according to Spotify, there are at least two artists named Fan Death. <laughs> and then there's also an electric Fan Death. Oh, I like that artist. one even better. Electric Fan Death. I'm going to take this to the next level. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to listen to those. I wonder if they're any good. What genre? Uh, tough to tell. Tough to tell. <laughs> okay. But, I'll check that out later. Yeah. I'll put a pin in that. Fan death. All right, so the, I found the three... There's three, technically four separate chapters of this story. Story. The white noise story. Of white noise. So in the, in the first part of the novel... Uh, See, I know, this is not bode well. <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll read a bit. I'll, the first part is called Waves and Radiation. Okay. Uh, and it's a chronicle of contemporary family life combined with academic satire. And then in the second part, which is called the Airborne Toxic Event, other stuff happens. Is that COVID? Uh, no, it's a oh. ke- chemical spill related. This, this was a f- fiction, a, a work of fiction? <laughs> right. mm, yes. Well, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. True. Right? Part three is called Dilarama, and then which deals with uh, death or fear of death. And then there's a final concluding chapter, which supposedly 
brings some things together. Ties it all together? No. I won't even claim that that... No, because it's postmodern. It's not going to do that. Well, a story doesn't always need to be tied up in a bow and ended. I mean, that's not a postmodernist attribute, necessarily. But this is. Um, This is what this is doing. I'm going to try to change my attitude. You better. I'm doing it right now. Changed. Rachel, you you look so different. (laughs) I can't wait to watch this movie. You're glowing. What have you done? (laughs) But the book came out in 85, 1985. It's a toxic airborne event. Not that old. All right, 1985? Yes. That's old. That's pretty old at this point. That's old. What are you talking about? It's not that old. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're older than that. We are, but still, we're old too. It's not an old book. And (laughs) according to those who write these things... Uh, the book is a cornerstone example of postmodern literature. Okay. Um, so. Okay, so this is going to be a a good example. Maybe David Foster Wallace isn't a good example of postmodernism. No, he is because it's a in, in, in one sentence. Postmodern literature is a form of literature that is characterized by the use of metafiction, unreliable narration, self-reflexivity, uh, intertextuality. Oh my God. And which often uh, thematizes both historical and political issues. Okay. Okay. Let's... Okay. I'm excited. I don't care if you're excited. Intertextuality of the We're situation. Watching it. What does that mean? I don't know. You Come tell on. me. What that, does it that's mean? A, that's like a crossword puzzle word. That's I don't like, give a crap. You I love, don't know you anything. You love words like this. I know, but I don't like them in this context. I get very hostile. Okay. Well, like James it. Joyce's Ulysses is an oh example. Oh my God! Please <clears throat> of intertextual relationships Great. to Homer's Odyssey. No, <laughs> <laughs> I like Homer's Odyssey. Let's watch this, okay, and see if you like this movie. I'm ready. I'm so open and ready. I have nothing else to say about it until All we right. watch it, though. Carl, what do we have to eat tonight? Uh, we we had uh, some breaded chicken. Chicken cutlets. Chicken cutlets. Italian chicken cutlets. With some pasta. Yep. With, it was fresh tomato sauce that I yeah? cooked down. Yeah, they were fresh tomatoes. Oh, very nice. Yep. And a salad, a little and side a salad. salad. Yep. That's it. Tasty. It's not uneventful. No, but... I didn't feel fancy. Delicious all the same. Thank you, Carl. Everyone's in kind of a crummy mood today. Yeah, we're all in bad mood. The weather's crappy. It's cold. This is the middle of August. I've only been to the beach once. I've been zero times. This summer in general has just been kind of... Anyway, let's watch this stupid, awesome movie. It's going to be great. Can't (laughs) wait. What? (laughs) That's giving me a terrible look. (laughs) <laughs> what? Come on, you can't be silent. This is radio, podcast, whatever the fuck I am effectively using silence to express myself right now. Yeah, I know. I should have pulled the hypothetical, too. Oh, Could have done well, that. But now there's not time. There's no time. We have to postmodernize. Time for white noise. Postmodernism. Like I don't have to like anything. You will. You're not the boss of me. Oh, oh, but I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll be back. Okay, bye. All right, everyone. We are back, and uh, what a journey that was. <laughs> have you guys ever slept in a pull-out couch that was comfortable? Uh, <laughs> no. No. Not that I can remember. The bar is always, always across bar. your back. Yeah. 
in the middle. It's squeaky. No matter how thick the mattress is, no, this, it's yeah, never it can't enough. be thick. So, so the, is that it? The thickness of the, the the lack of thickness in the mattress? Yeah, it's kind of like a futon too, where if you have yeah. a good mattress, a futon is an okay it's okay replacement for a normal bed. But I feel like a futon can get by because the because it's like a couch, like it doubles, like it. it all you're really doing is flattening it. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing hidden in it. So it's like, it's still the couch cushions. Yes. That's right. It's like you're unrolling a burrito. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sleeping. Why, on you it. Ask, why are you asking this? Because it was in the movie. It was in the movie. I must have fallen asleep was, with them. He was he sleeping. Fell asleep again. He was sleeping in the pullout. He was oh, sleeping no, in the pullout right. couch. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. His daughter was like, "It's, it's not. It's why are you sleeping on there? It's not yeah, comfortable. It's not comfortable. Yeah. No, I remember that. Part. And I just got me thinking: Have I ever slept on a pullout couch that was comfortable? No, I don't think so. No, there isn't one. It's usually adequate. It's like, hey, you have a place to sleep. Not for long term. It's use. not the floor. Right. You're a guest here. But I'd rather sleep on just the couch. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Usually. Uh. So, I would have rather slept on a pull-out couch <laughs> than watch this movie, though. You know, it, it had its moments. Yeah. And it could have been really good. Maybe. Uh, well, it could have been good. Really, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, that's, maybe a that's a really you're, good. You're being pretty generous, I kind feel. of a stretch. It had the bones of a good movie, but it had long stretches of just pretentious dialogue that doesn't just, matter. I'm sure it had a message, and if I thought about it more, so in the context of a book, longer passages like that, in my opinion, tend to work a lot better because. It lets you sit and think and process them. It's not you, it, you're not engaged in the same fashion as you are with visual media, with a movie, with television, mm. with something where you know you're actively engaged in it. a book. You can read a chapter and put down and maybe process or come back to. Let it percolate. Definitely, and movies you can come back to and rewatch for sure. But I don't see, like. Was this a faithful rendition of what I remember the book being? I guess. But, and we talked about this before, it felt like a, a lot of these longer, more pretentious passages in the movie were them reciting the book. Right, and it, it, it sounded like somebody reading an essay about something. Yeah, well, it sounded like four different people reciting four different essays at the same time. (laughs) It felt like I did something wrong and I was being punished in movie purgatory. It was long. It was drawn out. It was super self-indulgent. It was awful. It did. There were glimmers of, of hilarity. There were some funny things. There were some mildly insightful things. I understand it's a commentary on the modern era. But man, they they cram everything into that commentary. Literally every possible thing you could have to talk about, about so the, like 20th century, just shove it in. Shove it. Carl, do you have something you want to talk about in the 20th century? Let's put it in the movie. I mean, it did have more of a narrative than Matt was letting on. When, like, I wasn't expecting it to have as much of a narrative str- string through it. 
Well, the, so the first part, the movie, again, is broken down into several different parts, just like the novel. But the first part is all set up, where it's not really plot development. It's you're getting introduced to the characters. Right. The, the set and setting in which the story takes place, it's kind of very f- f- like free association, kind of like, why am I being shown this? You just kind of have to let it happen. And it focuses on this family, this married couple, and their blended, like, Brady Bunch family. Right, it's like they're both, they're each on their fourth marriage, and right. they've got, they have multiple kids with their multiple ex-spouses, right. and they're all living together in this house. And they're all highly intelligent and quirky, and mm-hmm. yep, the father's a... a, a a professor and he's oh, like Hitler a, a studies. Hitler, Hitler studies <laughs> very specific yes at a prestigious the college on the hill or mm-hmm. the school on the hill yeah um college on the hill and all their kids are kind of ex- they all have their little eccentricities and the mom teaches yoga or it seemed like some sort of fitness, like class, fitness yeah. classes. She teaches various classes at the church or the old senior center Both. or whatever. Yeah. And they keep coming back to the fact that she's she's taking a medication. This dialogue, and they don't know what it is. Right, they, she's denying it. Her daughter like sees her taking this pill, and she asks her stepfather, "Like, do you know what she's taking?" And he's like, "I don't know." Right, and that's a through line throughout the movie right. what, what is this medication why is she taking it why is she being so secretive about it but then the major event in the movie is and this was I mean very timely right yeah the book was written in 85 yeah there's a train derailment in Ohio in Ohio well I don't know if the book was set in Ohio I, I have a feeling it they is. might have set this was the book set in Ohio oh I, I don't I, know if the book was sorry because I have a sorry. feeling they made this as a they made it in Ohio to like add middle, that layer to it middle America kind of thing or, or to directly correspond to the train derailment I in Ohio I think this came out yeah, this I mean, came out before it, 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 it. No, says the 2023 Ohio train derailment has yeah. been compared to the events in the second half of the novel but, oh, but that right. doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it, it this, takes place in Ohio but this movie came out before the train derailment so okay. it's still the, the, the town is considered to... blacksmith it's fictional I understand so the, it's in Ohio there's a train derailment that spills toxic chemicals <laughs> yeah, it's a toxic airborne um, event and it, it did, does make you, it's reminiscent of East Palestine and yeah. that whole, almost verbatim. I yeah, mean, it's, 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 um, it's airborne toxic event. Airborne toxic yeah. event. They end up evacuating the family. Yep. Um, and so the whole. Everyone goes to a Boy Scout camp. Which I'm, in my head, I'm like, is that, like, how does that, how is that a better situation? How don't, much? Don't know. <laughs> um, it's away from the cloud, the black cloud. But I, you know, I feel like if they just stuck to the actual events, it would have made for a better movie. Like, and I understand the exposition probably had a more overarching mm. point to it, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Those parts, like, I was more interested in the actual events that were occurring as opposed to what people were saying. That would have been a movie I'd rather see for sure. Mm. Is if they focused on exactly what you just said, the you know maybe do the setup in the beginning, and then have the airborne toxic event, and then follow that line along with you know interwoven story of the Dilar medication and you know the relationship between the husband and wife and 
all that goes along with it. But there was just so much bloat. Right. Mm. And it was like, let's take these events that are interesting and just intersperse them with like a college lecture. And it's like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to listen to this. But a college lecture about Elvis and Hitler. Comparing Elvis to Hitler. And the madness of crowds, so to speak. You know, crowds exist because they want to be a crowd and all this other sort of existential junk. And and that could be interesting on its own. Like, okay, let's examine uh, what Elvis and Hitler have in common. Okay, I I could buy that, but why am I listening to this in this movie? Yeah. It's too many things. Trying to cram too many things into one movie. It's almost like, you know, with any other style of art, or even just cooking, you need to know when you're done. Like, you can take a painting and keep painting forever, but does that make it a better painting? No. You got to know when to hold them. An artist is an artist because they know when to stop. stop. But they're also adapting a book. So uh, I would assume they're kind of beholden to keeping the spirit of the book. And if the book was... Like, if they got rid of all of that stuff, at what point are they still adapting the book? Absolutely. And I agree with that. But I would go so far as to say that this isn't a book you adapt into a film. Well, that's, that's the question. Should they have even done this to begin with I don't believe so I don't think so Mm. I think the like I didn't again I didn't hate the book I I didn't like it enough to keep it I I gave it away but who did you give it like did you just donate to the library we donated yeah Yeah. (laughs) I just expect you to just like standing outside Best Buy or something hey I got a book just take it just take this book hey kid take this book (laughs) Don't watch the movie. No. Don't. Don't even read the book. Who cares? No. I, How could this book not have been 700 pages? <laughs> so, a lot Good of postmodern question. literature is like 700 pages. Like, Infinite Jess is over 1,000 pages, and it has 200-plus pages of footnotes. Um, but that is entertaining. That, you're... He is a fantastic author. Everything's like an aside. Yeah. With him, which is interesting. I like the he way He just goes he off on tangents? Yeah. Yeah. For like for a, like a long, long time, time. or but he's able to take multiple themes and seemingly separate storylines and tie them together subtly at first, where certain things are mentioned. It's like, hey, he was talking about that over here, or that character was in this other thing, and then they they come together, and it mostly makes sense. His books are more about the journey, I think, than the ultimate story. It's fun to read for me. Hmm. This book wasn't as fun to read. This movie was painful <laughs> to, yeah. to to watch. I mean, if, if, if it's just it's frustrating because the, the more I think about it, it's like the whole the whole train derailment evacuation that whole like on its in its in and of itself, I was into. It's like okay, and there's some funny bits like when them mm-hmm. they're getting redirected from one place to the other because the cloud reaches the Boy Scout camp, so now they have to move somewhere else and they're coming across interesting people um you know there was a whole especially looking at this in light of the east palestine thing that whole scene there's a scene i think it was at the boy scout camp with that guy who was talking about the fact that there were no like there were no news and fear is the new like they're mm. you know that was at the karate making, studio oh was it at the karate studio but yeah 
where they got well, moved again. But like that was like okay, that's a that's an interesting speech in light of what happened, you know, in real life. And yep. Well, then there's there's all these interesting little things moments. like yeah. yeah, how the kids are like, oh my god, there's a plane crash on TV, and the dad's like, don't you want to watch a sitcom? And they're all like, no. no. And so all those things are little commentaries, and separately, yeah, they're all interesting, and you can think about all those things and whatever. But you, again, you can't just cram them all into one movie like a big mishmash. That doesn't doesn't work for me. No, well, it doesn't work in a lot of things. Like you know, if you're making tomato sauce, you don't take every spice right. that you have out and just dump it in and dump it in because hey I like that spice like, I want it bad. in this context when it doesn't belong there hey when you know. mix all the soda flavors together it turns out pretty good swamp water yeah <laughs> but, but, but then yeah. the whole you know once they get resettled once the the you know the whole airborne toxic event, event passes passes and mm-hmm. they're back in the house then they circle back to the medication that the wife is on yeah and keeping secret and that whole and again that on its own was interesting yeah because i get i i'm still left a little confused at the end this guy i don't uh, forget it you know what it doesn't fucking matter i just forget it so he he you're disqualified because you fell asleep way too much i fell asleep it was so boring there were huge swaths of nothing so they're trying to figure out what this medication is He calls he calls her doctor first, yeah. accusing the doctor like, "Hey, this stuff that you're prescribing to my wife is messing messing her up." No one knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. The doctor's like, "I'm not. I didn't. I, I don't. Didn't do I that. didn't prescribe anything to her. What yeah. are you talking about?" Um, his daughter had asked the pharmacist about the the drug, and the pharmacist is like, "It doesn't exist." Mm. So he ends up taking it to a colleague, a chemist, a chemistry professor at the school he teaches at to actually analyze it yeah and she's like this is something different like i've never seen this before um it's not available for public consumption so eventually he confronts her his wife Mm. and come to find out she saw an ad in a tabloid and it looked like she's reading some kind of like national Enquirer, yeah right ghosts bigfoot you know those bad boy almost like the three the ads for the 3d glasses you'd see in the back of those she saw an ad in one of those sea monkeys because sea monkeys um because she has a condition where she's terrified of dying and she's obsessed with how afraid she is of dying and there was an ad in this Tabloid, hey, are you afraid of dying? Nine. Call this telephone yeah. number. Yeah. And so she ends up taking part in this study, experimental yeah. study with this medication. It ends up not working, but she is doesn't want to stop taking it. And so in order for her to get more of these experimental drugs, she ends up having some sexual mischief yes. uh, with the provider of said drugs, and she admits this to her husband uh, that she's been doing this. Right. And he ends up wanting to... Kill that guy. Right. Yeah. He, he Well, it, it, it's, it's interesting because first he tries to find the medication because he is also afraid of dying he himself. He wants it, yeah. Because yeah. he was exposed to the rain of the toxic right. event yep. 
and people at the shelter they were staying in said, "Oh, if you were under there for two minutes, you're dead. You're, you're gonna yeah. your your death is imminent. Like not immediately, but in fifteen to thirty years, you're gonna <laughs> die." <laughs> um, and so initially he wants to try taking the medication, but then when he discovers that his daughter or stepdaughter threw the rest of the mother's away. pills away, yeah. and the mother wasn't taking them anymore. Um, he then pivots to, I'm going to find this guy and kill him. Yep. And again, if you take that as, as a Separate isolated thing. event, yeah. it, like, I liked that section of the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Certain, yep. So it's just, that's what's so frustrating about it is because t- taking these events on their own would make for an interesting movie, but as soon as anybody opened their mouth, I wanted to jump out the window. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's more like that story that you're more interested in hearing is just being used as a vehicle for all the other dialogue. All this, like, expositionary. Yes. Right, yeah. like, people just liking to hear themselves talk, and yeah. I just, it was so pretentious. And it, and it comes across as pretentious. The actors saying the lines come across as pretentious or they they don't they seem wooden and you know like they're reading from a book it's very stylized it, it it's, and it's not real and, not, and i know we've talked sometimes that's okay but this was like so far the other way you know we talked about how he noah bombach has done co-writing with wes anderson i can and, see it and you know, there's glimmers of it. My favorite Wes Anderson movies are Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm, I love too. the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. And you you could say when you watch the Royal Tenenbaums, nobody talks like that. True. But yeah. there's a difference. Like there's not. It's not pretentious. It it, it there's feels a natural. Line. It feels natural. Or it feels natural for that. Like what they've set up these characters. Wes Anderson puts you inside the box where you believe like it's like i i know i'm inside this box and things behave that way inside this box right you're in this world now and and they're likable right or at least relatable that's right you can connect to those characters you can understand their motivations they might be stylized but you can understand where they're coming from and empathize with them or care about them yeah. These characters, I, I couldn't empathize. They were really one-dimensional. I really couldn't empathize with... And maybe the wife a little bit, but... No, it's like vehicles you, for the exposition. Right. It's yeah. like you, like uh, one character would run into a co-worker in a supermarket, yeah. and there'd be a dissertation. Oh, I know. Yep. And it's just... Oh, Oh, God. they thought they were very cerebral in this movie. Which, again, can just, work in a book. Yeah. But doesn't translate into a screenplay and a film. It doesn't. It's like trying to make a movie out of Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. Or maybe that would be more entertaining than this. Or like Ulysses. How could you or, even forget it? You, you can't. No. You can't make that into a movie. It's not supposed to. It's, it's, a, it's supposed to exist in the medium that it was originally created in. Well, maybe that's why it took, like, 40 years for it to make it to Netflix. Well, and that, that was another question I had. Why now? Like, what brought this story to the surface? Maybe somebody read it. And I was well, like, I, I, bet, I hope they did. <laughs> I want to do this. I don't know. I almost... It, it, part of it reminds me of that movie Adaptation. Ugh, where... You know, somebody is hired to to adapt the Orchid Thief into a movie. Yeah. And Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he can't just mm-hmm. because the book is not it's, it's not adaptable yeah. so instead he writes a movie about himself trying to adapt Oh the Orchid God, Thief, please. and it makes for a good movie. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. I don't remember can't... liking that movie, though. Adapta- I don't think Nic- I liked Two it. Nicholas Cages? I don't think I liked it. Oh, I don't think I did. It's so good. I don't really so, remember. So, apparently, the rights, to the, fi- or, or the rights to film the novel were acquired by HBO and later by Gracie Films. Yeah. And then again, so, and then again in 1999 by oh. someone else. But the option lapsed, and then in 2016, Yuri Singer acquired the rights and pushed the project into development. And then it wasn't until 2021 that it was announced that Noam Baumbach would write and direct the adaptation, and then it came out the following Last year. year. So if it happened again in 1999, but HBO required the acquired the rights prior to that, people have been kicking this idea around for 40 years you know a long time yeah just because you can do it doesn't mean mean you should should do it that's right (laughs) in the words of dr ian malcolm (laughs) thank you chaos speaking of bands they're not only electric fan death they're fan death yes Uh, there is a band called the airborne toxic event (laughs) of course there is that's not as catchy though sorry and um Electric fan death. There's a song called the Heinrich Maneuver, which is an apparent <laughs> reference to Jack's son. Okay. I guess. So the ba- I'm familiar with the band Airborne Toxic Event. Did they name their band after this book? Uh, yes. Huh. Wow. Yes. They... I'm familiar with them. I've heard of them. Celebrate their they entire They took their catalog. name from, from that the, section of the book? Airborne the book. Toxic Event. Yep. Part two. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you, Carl, for being able to somewhat summarize. Yeah, you did a good job. This because I can't, I can never do that. I rely heavily on both of you. Like I, like, <laughs> like I said, I, it had more of a narrative than I was expecting. I was expecting going in just having a random jumble of like abstract <laughs> discussion. Oh, and there is that. But there is there, there is, is a, a narrative through yeah. line. Yeah, there is. I mean, it was it was, I mean the. Adam Driver was good, was did a good job. I thought. She's a good actor, Greta Gerwig. The, if that's how she acts, this movie made me think she's a bad actress. She but she's probably she was not. Right. She, I don't care. We know. I don't. You've care. You made that abundantly clear. I just don't care. But we watched it, and we're still talking about it. I know. Danny Elfman's score. You can hear him. You could. You could. Uh, at first, it, it didn't sound like him, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. definitely one of those musicians that you you. You know Danny through. Elfman. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and I don't know. The score was ignorable for a good A portion. lot of like electronic uh, stuff. Mm. Just like, what was it in uh, Forgetting Sour Marshall? Like, tones. Tones. It's just tones. Ominous tones. Ominous tones. Ominous tones. Ominous tones. <laughs> there were a lot of ominous tones. <laughs> which, you know, normally I like. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It was well filmed. I mean, it's it had. LCD it. Sound System song at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, there's a lot of the, you know, a thematic element in this movie is the grocery store, the A&P. Yeah. And it's set in the 80s, because that's when the book was written, and I, I did enjoy every time they'd be in the grocery store, I'd see a product that I remembered from when I was a kid. I'd be like, oh, I, I remember that box of Lorna Dunes, or oh, I remember what Cheerios looked like when I was a kid. Like, oh, those old Dorito bags. Yeah. There's the uh, grocery store... Uh, voiceover, you know, when they're mm. talking over the loudspeaker, yeah, there's funny. always something 
stupid yeah. <laughs> being said. Clean up an aisle two, I mean four. They said disregard the last announcement. No wait. Don't. Regard it. Yeah. <laughs> so again, yeah, there's there little funny sprinklings little of funny things, but it's ultimately not worth it. The juice no. ain't worth the squeeze. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Carl, what do you what do you rate it? Um truly rate it. Oh god. Be honest. One and a half streeps. Yeah, you know, one and a half out of five airborne toxic events. What, what pushed you over the edge to give it a one and a half? Because as I opposed think to there, just one. If if it was it has some redeeming qualities. I think it does. There was some humor that was good. There were some elements that were interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me laugh so, yeah, periodically. I chuckled. It also made me fall asleep. So Yeah, but that, like plenty of movies. That's not no, any no, no. indication of I've anything. been so attentive. For a long time. But there could be like a gunfight in this room, not on the oh. TV, but actually happening, and you fall asleep. <laughs> Sometimes. But, well, you know, I, I was kind of rolling the dice when I picked this, and I, I knew that. It's all right. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> I was, when you mentioned this, I was still interested to be like, what is this all about? Yeah. And now I know. Now I know what it's all about. It's like purgatory for for movie we're, watchers. We're, we're like the poison testers for the we king. We've, like, we've done this so you don't have to. We died. Okay? Don't touch. Yeah. I mean, indulge if you like, but don't say you weren't warned. It is available. Did we say it's on Netflix? Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's only available on Netflix. I don't recommend this for right anybody now. except maybe... People have read the book. I get If you liked it. And maybe people who like Woody Allen. I think that's a stretch. Mm. Like, you know, I was a Woody Allen fan. I was a big Woody Allen fan. I know. Uh, years and years ago. And I don't know what changed. I, I changed. That's what changed. And I just don't care for any of his films anymore. Not any. Like, there's still some that are great. I think Mighty Aphrodite is still pretty good. And I just can't stand um, the fact that there's always at least one. There's, like, he, like, there's always a character in there that's him. That's and they talk like him. Yeah. Of course. And I just... Yeah. It gets he, old that's his thing. for me. I know. He's it gets in old. His movies. It gets He's old. He's too neurotic. He's too annoying um, for me. But I don't... I don't... Like, I can see the parallels to Woody Allen. Yeah. But... Ah, I don't know. Everybody in their hang-ups. Everybody's gonna hang up. It's true. <sighs> yeah, but they use it as a device to... To tell mm. whatever exposition that they right. happen to care about at the at the moment, and use it as a mirror on cultural whatever. Yep, all I the things, know. all the all the cultural a, things. A film school class would have a field. Oh day. my oh, gosh, yeah. this is for film school. There are there are yeah. layers that you I'm could sure... do like a whole semester just on yeah. this film. So if you're into film school class, you'd like this movie. <laughs> But yeah. just, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I don't recommend. Like, I don't. My mom wouldn't like this. No, no, no one's mom. Would I would never subject ate. my mom to no. this. I, no, right? No. This is like a punishment. Right. Like my mom is not wrong to me. <laughs> Watch this movie. <laughs> this, you know, I don't like. I finish movies. I don't really turn them off. If this Same was an MRT, if, I would have walked away. from If this. we weren't, reco- I, I was. Yeah. I thought that too when we yeah. broke for dessert. Yeah. Part of me was like, would they go for it if I just suggested, you know what? Should we just stop? I don't that, that's have where we I was ever going. done this? Never. Never. We've no. never walked away, but when I stopped it halfway, 
I, I might have indulged that and that would have been like the quirk for this episode. Been like, this is now the only movie that we walked away from. I feel like that's a dangerous through. precedent yeah, to we set can't though. Do that. It is, and we, we can't we do don't. That. We can't do Unless that. Unless it's super long. This movie felt like it was ten hours long. But it did it did. It felt like it was super oh. long. And I I wouldn't have shut it off, but I felt like I wanted to. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. All right, yeah. um, Rachel, you oh better have God. a dang good pick next week. Cause... I think I already know what I'm going to pick. We already talked about it, so oh, get ready to race. God. Shut Am up. Am I the only one out of the three of us that hasn't seen yeah. it? Get ready dang to it. race? What yeah. are we talking about? I'm going to I'm gonna pick a movie from the Fast and... Wait. Oh, oh the Fast pick and the first. Furious you, franchise. You, you I will pick, no, pick what I want. But you do. You have to. Pick you have the to pick first the first one. Yeah. All right. Fine. And what's the other racing movies? There's like There's Fast so many. and Furious, but then there's. It came into my mind the other day, and now it's gone again. Ford versus Ferrari was very. No, cool. that was that's a standalone. This was another like run of movies. Like a, a series. Yeah. Of racing movies. Was it like the Italian job? No, 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 no. Were there more than one of those? I don't. Did know. they have multiple Italian jobs? <laughs> There were different countries. The Italian job, the French job. The, no, I don't know. I don't know. The French I'll, Connection? Oh, that movie. Oh, my God. That's a boring movie. Um, I don't know what the other thing I'm thinking of is, but it doesn't matter. But unless something better comes along, that's probably what I'm going to pick. I want some action. They just made a Gran Turismo movie. They did. Oh yeah. Based on a true story, which yeah. I was not familiar with. You d- see that I knew. I knew that they had these video, the video game, game qualifiers, kids. and yeah. then they're like, "All right, you're gonna go race in real cars now." Yeah. Which is kind of wild. David but... Harbour's in that. He is. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Oh, um, Stranger Things guy. Yeah. 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 Chief Brody. What's his name? Chief Brody. Chief Brody. Brody. No, it's not his oh, name. Oh, I know. What's his name in Stranger Hank, Things? Hank. <laughs> There's like an H sound. Hawk. <laughs> Keep trying. What's his name called? I don't remember. Chief Justice. Was it? Oh, forget it. Let's go. All right, everybody. Don't watch this movie. No. But thanks for listening. They can't all be zingers. Nope. And and hey. check out our social media. We had some great comments on our Facebook page from loyal listener Jared Kidwell. Hi, Jared. So, do people not use Twitter anymore? Is everyone so like it's X now? It's it X. is X. We get X. the branding right. So I'll say X. Sorry. But does everyone hate Elon Musk that much? Where they won't like go on a totally valid platform where well, like I think there's news worth reading. Twitter on there? makes people feel sad. It all depends on who you follow. Well, it's We're not going to make you sad. No, we'll not make you all. super happy. If you follow happy. us, no. you'll and have random movie stuff. And comment. We, we don't bite. Ask Jared. He hasn't been bitten once. What did Jared say to us? He had some lovely comments about uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Do you want to, like, elaborate? Or no, no, go on the social media and look oh, at them. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, do Why that. Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free, Rachel? I don't know. You tell me. I like getting I've never milk. bought a cow. <laughs> and get over yourselves and get on X and read Oh, my God. It. Don't yell or at me. Or anywhere. People. Instagram, no. Facebook. Eh. <laughs> okay, well, this was really no, uplifting. Look at our stuff on we there. We started yeah, in don't a bad look at mood. Else's We're stuff ending in there. a bad mood. Next week, maybe we'll be happier. Who knows? 
maybe we'll write a postmodern masterpiece oh, on our no, bad moods. Oh, no, we won't. And Jesus then Christ, no, make please. a movie and uh. call it Pink Noise. <laughs> oh, it could or be a sequel. brown noise. <laughs> brown noise. <laughs> that just sounds gross. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.